You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Buffalo Bills return home and beat the Carolina Panthers 31 to 14. And that means it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Happy Victory Monday, Bills Mafia. It's good to be back here. On the other side of a win, the Bills, you know, they took care of business. They did exactly what they had to do. And, you know, they put 31 points up on what a lot of people consider to be a very good defense. Me, personally, I didn't think the Panthers' defense was great. Um, They've played good in some games but in their losses it tends to kind of go this way for them it's not that their defense is bad I want to give the Bills offense credit for being able to do what they did against a solid defense I just didn't think the Panthers defense was an elite group like they looked in the first like month of the season Um, they're definitely above average they're definitely one of the top 10 defensive units in the league so what the Bills were able to do to them uh, was still pretty impressive and I think you saw really like how solid the Panthers are on defense in the first quarter when you know neither team scored uh it wasn't until uh second quarter that the Bills finally got on the board first on that Singletary touchdown and you know they really never looked back at that point uh I think it was Gabe Davis that had the second touchdown or no, it's Diggs that had the second touchdown. I'm sorry. And once Diggs scored and it was 14 nothing, you know, I didn't want to like say it's over, but the Panthers' offense against the the Bills' defense, I just didn't think had the matchup advantage in their favor to be able to come back for two scores down, and that ended up being the case. Uh, so once it was 14 zip, that was kind of it. It's a tough game to predict, like how the Bills are going to look next week out of um going into that rematch with the patriots on the road in new england uh i mean i fully expected the bills to you know make it look fairly easy against the panthers and it you know it wasn't super easy in the first quarter they had to figure out defensively what the panthers were doing and where they wanted to attack them and then once they did uh They got pretty comfortable at that point and were able to pull away. And, I mean, credit to the Panthers for being able to actually score 14 points in this game. Um, The escapability of Cam Newton still is there. And, you know, if you miss him trying to bring him down with some pressure, he's able to extend some drives. Um and they were able to get on the board. I thought they were going to get shut out in the first half, but they ended up getting on the board. Um, their kicker getting injured in pregame warmups 
definitely affected the way that this game was played for Carolina. They couldn't uh, kick field goals when they wanted to, so they kind of had to go for it. They turned the ball over on downs uh, twice in the first half uh, before eventually getting that touchdown. But the Bills tacked on a field goal at the end of the half to make it 17-8. to And then it was Gabriel Davis in the second half picking up a pair of touchdowns. And the first one was uh, just a fantastic throw from Allen to Davis. Uh, finds him kind of like along the back of the end zone. Not a huge window either, but found a way to squeeze it in there past the defender. And then the second touchdown came on. It was a fourth and two, a uh, little play action play. Uh, gave it Davis, sorry, uh, kind of showed block, peeled out behind the line easy touchdown right there so to all those people that picked up gabriel davis in fantasy i'm sure you're absolutely thrilled uh i'm really happy to see gabe back in the offense if you listen to me at all or if you've read anything that i've written throughout the course of the season i've been wanting more gabe davis since the first month of the season uh it's nothing against emmanuel sanders i like emmanuel sanders uh i've watched him for a long time good player uh, I just felt that, you know, Davis was such a big part of the offense last season, and he's such a u- unique body style among the Bills receiving core that not having him on the field was a mistake. And even in limited time this season, he still produced very well. Like his his receptions were down and his targets were down because he just wasn't on the field, but his yards per catch uh were higher his yards per target were higher um his touchdown percentage was higher like all of the important metrics were up it was just the volume that was down and i want to say before emmanuel sanders got hurt like two weeks ago you had people in the bills media saying like gabriel davis is not the guy like we need to move on and get another number two receiver and he's not good because he's not producing and like that's just a moronic statement to me uh you can't produce if you're not on the field and my theory was that when they went out and signed emmanuel sanders it's like you really only have one year with him so they wanted to get him involved and they spent the whole first month of the season maybe the first five games of the season really trying to figure out where he fit in to the offense And to me, he's more of like a a 3-4, like, slot guy rather than being the number two. Like, he can run all those number two receiver routes, of course. Like, he's he's talented. He's been around the league a long time. He knows what he's doing. Uh, But in terms of, like, the kind of, like, bodies you want on the field, when you look at last year and they had... Uh, John Brown and Beasley and Davis and Diggs like there's a nice variety of players out there and now you add uh, Dawson Knox into the mix it's like you have a like a number one all around like top two or three receiver in the league in Diggs Uh, Davis is a big powerful guy who's got deceptive speed and great hands Beasley is your inside route running possession third down conversion guy and then you have Knox, who's an explosive playmaking tight end. And then I think Sanders fits into basically everything else. Um, you can use him to run any routes, but 
he was keeping Gabriel Davis off the field, I think because just of his veteran leadership, his experience, all those things. Not to say that uh, he isn't better than Davis, or that he is. He's just been around longer. He brings a different thing to the team than Davis does. But I think what we've seen is that the Bills' uh, offense is better with Gabriel Davis on the field. Um, you know, they went out and they got him where they got him in the draft for a reason. And I think the play that we saw against Tampa, him fighting for the first down to keep that play alive, like that kind of power and strength isn't something that's common among the Bills receiving core. And he's the one that's going to bring that to the table. So when Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, I would like to see all four of them on the field. Uh, but that basically takes Dawson Knox uh, out of the game. So the Bills are going to have to find the right mix there uh, and just maybe rotate more often. Like the guy that you definitely don't want off the field is Diggs. So maybe mix in Beasley and Sanders and Davis, like rotate all those guys through and then you can keep Knox and uh, a running back in the game. Or you just go empty, you go five wide receivers or four wide and a, and a tight end sets. But that's really like when they're going to be playing from behind and they you know have to telegraph throwing the whole way. And with the way the offensive line has played this season, I'm going to say you probably don't want to do that. Uh, but, you know, the offensive line played okay against a Panthers defense that, uh, you know, has been, I, mean, I don't know. I don't even know if they played okay. They played mediocre, and Josh Allen just happened to, like, make the throws that counted count, right? Um he still got sacked four times for 17 yards, but he wasn't getting killed on, like, massive losses like he was. And they, they run block better than they usually do. Um, and Singletary managed to find some gaps in the defense, and he had one of his better games career-wise, uh, going 22 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. And his 16-yard touchdown uh, to open the scoring was a nice one. So it's not... Uh, it's not on the offensive line entirely in terms of uh, their play affecting the outcome of this game, but they they still didn't you know play up to the level that I think most people want them to play at. And when you look at them giving up you know four sacks, that's definitely in the range of not great, but compared to some of the other games this season uh you know it was an improvement which is kind of a, a scary thought because they're gonna play the Patriots defense again next week and they're gonna have to protect and this was one of I felt this was one of the better pass protecting offensive lines last season so I don't know exactly what it is that's uh it's kind of like swept through them but we saw Spencer Brown get moved over to the left side of the O-line. And let's just be honest, like he was having a terrible day. Um, he's a good young player. He kind of got accustomed to playing on the right side of the line. And, you know, some people are just better at, you know, moving one direction confidently uh, than the other. And I think Brown got hit with like five penalties in this game. It was pretty bad. Uh, he seemed like he picked up every single offensive line penalty that you could in that game. 
Uh, and the Bills ended up with eight penalties for 67 yards overall. But I think Brown ended up having a holding, a false start, uh, unsportsmanlike taunting penalty. So he was going for the full Monty of penalties. And, like, he'll learn from that. I just, what we saw is that maybe he's not interchangeable across the offensive line. And to me, like, his his size and his relative uh, kind of athleticism for an O-lineman, I get that they want to put him at right tackle because he's more svelte than some of these O-linemen, but to me, like, he's a guard. Uh, he likes to run block. He likes to get downfield uh, and use his size advantage to pancake guys. And, like, we've seen the attitude from him throughout the whole season. Like, he enjoys it. Uh, and I think so, ultimately, if there's room to put him in at guard at some point, I think that's where he may be best served. But he's played fairly well at right tackle. Um, I don't even know if the Bills want to risk having him at left tackle in this Patriots game. Because if you're, you know, Bill Belichick and you just watched this last one, you're going to line uh, Matthew Judon up over Brown all game and force him uh, into some bad spots. So the Bills are going to have some decisions to make uh, on the offensive line. But, you know, it's Sunday, so the Bills are always going to have some decisions to make on the O-line. On the defensive side of things, uh, Bills' defensive line played well. Uh, they ended up with four sacks of their own. They had seven tackles for losses so getting into the backfield didn't really get burned with the huge run play uh chuba still cut off a 21 yarder and robbie anderson had a nice like uh, i think it was like a reverse that he got 30 yards off of but ultimately you know they did a good job on the run against a team that really wants to run the ball a team that's built to run the ball so i think there's some positives to take away from that uh obata came away with a couple of sacks Star is starting to look a little bit more like himself. He had a nice day. Uh, he picked up a sack. He had a tackle for a loss. And he also helped Addison uh, create some pressures and Obata as well. And I think what we saw is basically all the guys that came from the Panthers at some point all really had really good days. Uh, and... Can you blame them? I mean, everybody wants a little bit of, uh, you know, retribution, redemption against their former team. So not really surprised to see those guys play well in this moment. Um, it seems like Star is maybe still not at 100% because he's just kind of like working his way back into things. Um, but the Bills defense, like very interchangeable in this game. Like Greg Russo is starting to like fade out of the rotation a little bit it seems uh i don't know if just maybe he got figured out and he hasn't been as effective um but i haven't heard his name called nearly as much over the last i don't know like six weeks uh and that could be because he's not in the game and it could be because he's not making plays uh and i don't have the snap count numbers in front of me but uh it seems like the veteran guys are starting to uh take over more and more snaps so that's something to keep an eye on down the stretch because I think fresh legs are going to be important. But 
against a team like the Panthers, like you're not really worried about pass pressure as much. So that could also be a big uh, dictating factor in who's going to see the majority of the snaps on defense. So another bright spot on the defense is Dane Jackson still playing well. Um, considering he was the guy they brought in to challenge Levi Wallace for the number two spot. And, you know, a lot of people in camp thought that he might actually get that starting job. So he's a capable starter. He's shown that uh, he's still going to have some trouble like matching up against uh, like dominant number ones. Like if he were to line up against like Devontae Adams, I don't know that Jackson would be uh, capable of shutting Adams down. But I think against just most teams in the league, he's going to be very solid. And until he gets the assignment to go up against a guy like Adams, we're, we're never going to know. So I'm just happy to see where he's at at this point in the season and that the Bills defense has still proven to be capable. And it's going to be interesting to see what they want to do now that uh, Bashad Breeland is on the market. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know that he'd be super welcome in Buffalo because of, you know, all the grabbing and holding he did in the, the AFC title game. But the Vikings definitely overpaid for him in free agency. And then they cut him because he's not good if he can't hold. And it shows. And the Vikings defense is bad as a result. But maybe they'll be better without him. They clearly don't think they need him. But if the Bills just want to add depth at the cornerback position, they might. You know, he seems like the kind of guy that might go to Tampa because those guys like holding, as we saw in the Buffalo game. And part of their defensive strategy is hold until you get burned for it. And then when you get burned for it, you know, worry about it later. But until then, if the referees don't call it, hold away. So Breland seems like he's a good fit to land in Tampa rather than Buffalo. But I know there were some people saying that the Bills should add him for uh, depth purposes. Uh, so I don't know that I agree, but... It's never bad to have depth in the secondary. Oh, well. Moving on. Um, Josh Allen's injury. Like, he seemed okay. Uh, he had a couple of carries. Like, he had the one big one and then, you know, a couple of small ones. Uh, he had the 26-yarder the was, you know, what we expected. And... Sure, everybody was collectively holding their breath while that was going on, but it didn't look to be a hindrance to his uh, play. And him going 19 of 34 passing, I think that's more credit to the quality of the Panthers' defense than him having a particularly poor day because, you know, he threw for 210 and three touchdowns. And the pick wasn't great. Like, it's another of these, like, we're going to force it to Diggs uh, because this is where I want to go with the ball, and I'm just, like, not going to get off of it. But, you know, they're up 14-0 at that point. They're not really feeling the danger of Carolina coming back at them. Carolina does score off of that interception to make it 14-6 uh, at that point. But... 
I mean, if Allen's going to throw an interception where he's trying to force it to the best receiver on the field, I don't have as big of an issue with him being aggressive at that stage in the game, right? If they get it to 21 nothing, the game is pretty much over at that point. Uh, it's just where the uh, interception happened on the field. It was deep in their own territory and... I don't know. I, I haven't seen the play since, but what I remember from watching it was like the throw was just either a miscommunication or mistiming. It seemed to be in the, the wrong spot. Uh, so I don't want to like see Allen make a habit of getting locked into the route that he wants to go to uh, pre-snap and just, you know, jamming it in there. Because this is maybe, I want to say like the third or fourth time in recent games where this has happened uh i think it happened in the colts game and potentially the bucks game as well you know i would have to go back and double check but there's been a handful of interceptions where he has been like locked on digs and he's not going to get off of that throw and you know sometimes uh that doesn't result in uh the best outcome so regardless the bills close the game out with uh, a touchdown and then an interception of the panthers it was uh aj klein who came away with it who has really been a nice addition to the bills he played well in matt milano's absence last year and a little bit this year too uh but just a capable veteran guy that can play inside and outside you know equally well uh it's it's good to have that kind of depth at linebacker because i feel the bills linebacking core is one of the thinner groups like we saw like with Edmonds out or milano out like it makes a huge difference to the bills defense so having a guy like Klein there uh, helps lighten that load. And Dodson has played very well also uh, in, obviously, limited capacity. But uh, he's had some good moments. Um, so the Bills are trending in the right direction for sure. They were fortunate to see the... Patriots lose to the Colts. I had picked the Colts to win that game. <clears throat> Excuse me, because of how their common opponents looked against them. And so based on how the Patriots played the Bills and how the Colts played the Bills, I felt that the Colts were the better team than the Patriots. Um and maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but they were a good matchup to beat them in that particular game. The Bills obviously don't have the ground game pedigree that the Colts do in terms of how you want to maybe force Mac Jones to have to keep up a certain pace. Because uh, if he has to play from behind and they have to throw, like that's kind of where you want them to be because after all, like regardless of how good he is, He's still a rookie quarterback. He's still going to make some mistakes, and we saw a lot of that against the Colts. So the Bills definitely have to play from in front this time, and that was kind of what the plan was in the previous game was, you know, they came out, they got the stop, and the Bills realistically could have been up 
14 zip, maybe six nothing. They should have been playing with the lead against the Patriots in the last game. And if they did, it might have been a completely different game. Uh, so hopefully the weather is reasonable enough. The Patriots have shown that although their defense is good, they can get gashed on the ground. So I think we're going to need to see a little bit more Josh Allen running if his leg is okay. Uh, and I don't want, I don't necessarily want him to be running all the time because we saw what happened. Like it's, he's going to get hurt sooner or later, uh, if he runs all the time. And we saw it with Lamar Jackson. We saw it with Kyler Murray. Like the more you break the pocket and scramble, like the more exposed you are, uh, to at least like just more regular physicality, um, some of the worst injuries happen in the pocket because the quarterback's looking upfield. He's not seeing what's happening around him. And then he, you know, gets brought down and horrible injuries. But we saw last year with Dak Prescott, his ankle injury happened uh, while breaking the pocket. And I think just the speed of defenses these days, the way they're going to bring players down, uh, they're going to be around the legs a lot. And if you're a mobile quarterback, that's not what you want. So... I would like the Bills at least to keep him as an option to run the ball, at least inside the red zone. Um, but as long as weather is permitting, we're going to see a very different game. And the Bills are definitely going to watch that tape. And I think it's important that Devin Singletary had a good game here against Carolina because you know they got to watch that uh, Patriots game. So maybe that was part of getting Singletary going in this game. I don't know that maybe maybe Moss will play, uh, but it seems like Rita has gone back to the doghouse uh, after having some turnover issues. So we'll see. But it would serve the Bills well to have a run game against New England. And the division will be up for grabs because the Bills are only a game back now. If they win it, they will neutralize that first win. Their uh, road to the AFC East title will be back open again. And, you know, it's there for the taking. They just have to execute. And the Patriots, up until uh, this game against the Colts, were 6-0 and on the road. So they finally lost their first, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, road game. But that means they're not very good in Gillette this year. Uh, it's not the same kind of home field advantage it was when Tom Brady ruled the roost. So the Bills can definitely go in there and win and I think Gabriel Davis and Singletary will have to be a big part of that. We could see Diggs have another big game uh, like he did last year on the road there. But it's going to all start with the offensive line like it always does. The game begins and ends at the point of attack. And if the Bills cannot hold the line of scrimmage consistently, it's going to be a long night. So hopefully they're able to mix in some runs. And just, you know, give their offensive line some help in terms of uh, confusing the defensive looks. So that's really all I got. I'm happy that, you know, despite everything that's happened, the 
opportunity to win the division is still there. The opportunity for the playoffs is still there. Everything that the Bills wanted for this season is still on the table right in front of them. So through all the ups and downs, all that's irrelevant. It's a one game at a time type of season now. And they just have to go out there and execute and they get their chance. So go get it. Um, and that's really all I got here. Uh, I got some Christmas baking to do. Woke up in the middle of the night. House smells like banana bread still from many hours of making banana bread for my neighbor. And now we got Christmas cookies on deck. So I just tried to keep it as short and sweet as possible. If you listen to this, thank you so much. Drop me a line on Twitter uh, at Shice Podcast. And we'll talk. Anybody that, if there's a analytics guy out there, I need to reach out to somebody. But if there's one out there that ever listens to the show and you want to come on and you want to talk analytics with me, we can talk some sexy analytics. Anyway, until next time, uh, happy holidays. Uh, we'll, we'll be back for the Pick'em show. We're going to do probably a Christmas Eve Pick'em show, so no one's going to listen to it. But we will do it. And you can listen to it at your leisure. Uh, All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, sharing, wherever you get your podcasts. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at info at thescheiss.com. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills! Go Bills!